look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, it's time to find your voice. Uh, say to somebody, I say, it's time to find your voice. Uh, say, your voice must become louder. Uh, say, the world wants to hear your voice. Praise God. Please, you may have your seat. Uh, thank you very much for Abby Noel and Called Out Music for being a part of Find Your Voice. Falabi has been with me almost everywhere I've gone on this trip in the UK, and I'm grateful for him and for the sacrifice that he puts into his home church, the Elevation Church. Uh, I put him into Accelerate Conference short notice in, in July, uh, end of June. I just called him and said, Falabi, come to Nigeria. Come, come for Accelerate Conference. I didn't even ask whether he had been booked or not. I just said, come. <laughs> and he said he would come. I said, okay, I'm sending your ticket, just come, come, come to Nigeria. Let's, let's do Accelerate Conference together. Thank you, Falabi, uh, for always being faithful to the, the vision of the Elevation Church, all right? Uh, have a brief time to share with us, and the time is counting down. Yeah. Uh, you know, these days, whether it's a conference or a church, they've mastered a way <laughs> of counting your time down very quickly. Uh, so I'm just going to try to go straight into what I have to talk about. But before I say that, I want you to know that your wildest dreams can come to pass if you choose to dream. Yeah, if you choose to dream. Why am I saying that? Is that on this trip to the UK, this find your, your, your voice, you know, tall, I've listened to all kinds of testimonies from people who have been connected to our ministry one way or the other, whether just online or been to an expression of the Elevation Church, one way or all kinds of testimony. Some of those testimonies I found weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth. Because, you know, some people think uh, the pastors know God so much, so God doesn't surprise them. <laughs> and I wanted to know that sometimes I'm as surprised as the person sharing the testimony. Because I wonder how some of these things really happen except for the God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, and always there for us, and always lifting us up, and always jacking us up. So that's why I'm sure. Uh, you see, because everything we're doing around the world today was once a dream, but now a lot of them are becoming realities. Yeah. A lot of them are becoming realities because visions come to pass. The only thing that God demands of you and I is to just be able to dream. And I, I was with my big sis last August in Chicago at the Global Leadership Summit. When I felt, just sitting down at that summit, I felt God just spoke to my heart to help people find their voice. And that was where find your, find your voice came from. And I, uh, and I remember coming back from Chicago last August, and I, I called, for TJ called some, a, a few of my associates and said, look, uh, we're going to be doing all the things we used to do, but we're going to add this to it, maybe collapse some things into it, and it's just going to be about helping people find their voices around the world. So I know somebody here, you listen to uh, and watch some of those videos of people who seem to be finding their voices. But I wanted to know, uh, maybe early next year, maybe later this year, maybe sometimes next year, we're going to come back, maybe here, maybe somewhere else, 
for find your voice and it may be your video that will be playing. Amen. Somebody one day, right here in the UK, you're gonna, you know, we're going to feature your video for how you found your voice politically. Uh, not so many political people are here. <laughs> yeah. But you know the truth is that wherever God has positioned you, just like you know, my sister said, uh, God wants you to find your voice. He wants you to find your voice. And this uh, season where God is taking us everywhere as immigrants, you know, when she was speaking, she mentioned Terah and Abraham. It just looks like the covenant that God has with us is not a static covenant, or it doesn't keep you in one place. God just wants to move you from place to place. So migration is not a new phenomenon. It's age long. It's been from the days of the Bible. So whether it's Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, none of them were. God has a plan for your life to send you here. And everybody online joining us from the US, from Europe, wherever you're joining from, God has a plan. And we have our own assignment cut out for us as a church, as the Elevation Church, and for me as a person. And that is to, to capacitate people that God is sending, especially younger people, that God is sending to find your voice. Someday, uh, just like you know, my good friend Jerry shared his own testimony, uh, how he found his voice in tech, Societel, UK, and all that. He got the award as the Entrepreneur of the Year for Cranfield School of Management last year. Yeah, uh, and you know, when, when I think about that, I mean, <laughs> Jerry, I was playing golf with Jerry on Thursday somewhere in Kent and uh, was on Wednesday, and he said, Fiji, remember the first time I saw you? First time I met you? We just finished a conversation and you went to preach and you got on the stage and you cracked a joke about me. <laughs> you know, I just got on the stage that day and I was like, Oh, I just met a guy, you know, who grew up in England and was just spring, 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 trying to, I mean, just, you know, uh, 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 and everybody laughed. And I, I, I then told them about what he was doing. The only thing I didn't know was that he stayed for the next service. So he was right in the service. <laughs> so I told him on Wednesday, I said, when are you going to stop talking about this? Because you always remind me of how, <laughs> of how I make a joke out of our first talk. Praise God. Big question that I want to ask as I move ahead. And this uh, is because I want to speak to a meat. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to struggle with this a little bit. You're going to struggle with this a little bit, especially as I try and attempt to bust this meat. And it comes to the question, and that's what I'm talking about. For you to find your voice, you must answer this question periodically. Is your ladder too short? Is your ladder too short? This is busting the myth that says that there's a glass ceiling. And especially when you're an immigrant, you must make sure that you don't buy into the myth of a glass ceiling. It's a myth. It's not real. As much. And you know, especially here in the UK, that is a bit crowded, you know, and all that. Uh, looks like they've just sealed up the top, and you know, how far you can go is determined by a few people. Nothing can be further, you know, uh, from the truth than that. Because God 
The Bible says he rules over the nations of the earth. His jurisdiction does not have an end. You may have collected a visa to come here, or one kind of permit or the other, but he doesn't need permit. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And everything that is within it, including thrones and dominions and authority, tangible and intangible, spirit and physical, everything. So you just need to have it at the back of your mind that, as a matter of fact, the glass ceiling is not real. I meet with dozens of people every year in counseling and in charts and all that who tell me, you know, uh, how they, they, they've grown in their career or in their business or maybe they relocate to a, a part of the world and it looks like everything around them just stalls and they're not able to find their voice. They're not, you know, no, you can't call their life. Their life doesn't have a great shake. Nothing is going on. Everything just looks like stagnating. Or it just looks like moving small, small. You know, when you are in what we call in Lagos, go slow. <laughs> yeah. And it's just no remarkable progress. No great shake. Everything just looks like, yeah. But one thing that is sure is the Bible says in Proverbs 4 and verse 18 that a part of the just is like shining light. It shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. It then means that according to God's original intention, there's no glass ceiling for you. Your path is supposed to shine brighter and brighter. I mean, let me go a little further quickly to say one of the reasons why I believe with all my heart that there's, there's really not glass ceilings uh, are the making of the human mind. Is this. If you have read your Bible before, very well, especially the book of Genesis, you will understand that Joseph was an immigrant in Egypt. Undocumented or documented commercially. He was not actually an undocumented immigrant. It was a commodity. Because in Genesis 39 and verse 1, the Bible says Joseph was bought by Potiphar. If you put that scripture on the screen for me, I appreciate it. Uh, Genesis, yeah. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, did what? Can I hear from you very well? Can I hear you again? What can be worse than be a commodity, not even regarded as an immigrant, whether documented or undocumented, but a commodity that was sold in the market. Joseph was not better than, you know, banana, because he just bought him for money. That was it. Now, if, if truly there was something like a glass ceiling, how can a banana become prime minister? How can a commodity rule the country? Ladies and gentlemen, there is grace in God that sharpens you up, capacitates you, lightens your path, enlightens your mind that you become sought after. That, you know, 
people are looking for you. You are not the one looking for them. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying today. And I pray that grace will come upon somebody here today. That's why I'm fully persuaded that someday, as they find your voice, event like this, your testimony will wow people. I said your testimony will wow people. In the name of Jesus. In fact, as things start to happen, please let us know. Because I, I, I plan to be doing, you know, some IG live and, you know, YouTube events with people who are finding their voices. I'm waiting to interview you. <laughs> yeah, some people don't believe it. I said, I'm waiting to interview you. I'm waiting to interview you. In the name of Jesus. So it's important for us to understand that according to Proverbs 24 and verse number 10, it said, if you fail in the day of adversity, said your strength is small so migrating moving from season to seasons in life some people moving from being single to being married or you know or being a student into become you know a working class adult uh moving from living in africa to living in the uk or from other parts of europe into the uk or from uk to canada because some people are on the journey yeah Still looking for how to live here to go somewhere else. But I just told you that that's not bad in itself. Abraham did not stay in one place. So just make sure that God is speaking to you. Yeah, just make sure that God is speaking to you because the health is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And don't be afraid to take bold steps. But just make sure that God is leading you. But you know as you move from place to place, you engage what we call transitions. And transitions are dangerous places to be because the devil loves transitions because of how he makes people vulnerable. Yeah. Because transitions come with uncertainties. And in the midst of uncertainties, the devil is looking for how to take advantage, an advantage of somebody. So we start to second-guess ourselves and feel like the Jews, the leaders of the Jews that were sent into the promised land in Numbers, you know, 11, 12, 13, uh, uh, where they, they got there and they, they, they told themselves were like grasshoppers in our sight. They described everything. Everything was working well. It looks like a developed country. Yeah, they had good agriculture, so the fruits were big. You know, GMO and all that. Yeah. <laughs> it was from those days. Because everything was giant. Everything was big. They had technology. And they, they freaked out because they didn't understand what was going on. And they just said, well, a grasshopper's in our sight. I was sharing in Manchester earlier today how in 2005 I visited the nation of Canada for the first time. That was like 18 years ago now. And I went downtown to run to my friend took me at night. It was my wife and I. Yeah, I'd just been married maybe like two years. Or, or so then, yeah. Well, now 28 years, yeah. so two years. And we went, and then, you know, walking, as we're walking downtown Toronto, I just started hearing the voice. I see how big this place is. Everything is built up. Everything is massive. If you come here, they won't find you. <laughs> That's what I was telling myself. Nobody will even notice that you came. You know, just, just stay in that or leg also. This place is not meant for people like you. I mean, I was on holiday. So it didn't even cross my mind. You know, like people go on holiday and I, mean, I just told myself, if you, 
if you miss here, you will miss for life. Because <laughs> this place has been set up, everything packaged, and you know, it looks like there's no space. But I think in 2017, I was back in that same Toronto to preach at one of the biggest churches in the city. And as I landed at the airport and he picked me up in this nice Mercedes car, the Holy Spirit told me, flashback. Is it not the same you? <laughs> you said if you stay here, you will miss. Have you missed? Uh, did you miss now? <laughs> Is it not the same you? See that God has put in your heart, in the calling of God upon your life, in the voice that God has given you, that it becomes strong and a river berates to the point that people hear it in the different areas of your calling, whether it's in social sector, uh, or whether it's in, you know, it's in business, or not-for-profit, or, or, or in parenting, whatever opportunities that God has given you, that you can be so capacitated that your voice can be heard continually, and it can be a voice of transformation. Are you still here today? So, the truth, actually, is that there are no glass ceilings we only have people with short ladders. Yeah, we only have people with short All right? It's just how high your hand can touch from that point. Except you get a higher ladder. However high your hand can touch, that's your glass ceiling. That's your glass ceiling. And at that point, you can think there's a glass ceiling. It's just imaginary. There's nothing like that. It's just that you may need to add some more steps to your ladder. Because the more you add to your ladder, if you won't stay with a short ladder, then the higher you go. If you want to find your voice, you must recognize the fact that easy is not enough. And I'm going to explain. Yeah. If you want to go beyond the... the, 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 the the glass ceiling, imaginary glass ceiling, you must understand that easy is not enough. It is easy to pick the low-hanging fruit, but don't stay there. What short ladders do to people is that it positions them only for low-hanging fruit. And they forget that there are bigger things, that your voice can be louder. Just low-hanging fruits all over the place. I check the stats, the statistics. For instance, in the U.S., you have 17 million owner-operated businesses in America. In, 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 in the U.K., you have 4.2 million owner-operated businesses. I mean owner-operated businesses without em employees. That's what I mean. Yeah. And see, if you operate a business like that, you have created your own glass ceiling. Yeah. Because you're like a chalk who is maybe into plumbing or something, and Chuck has a truck. So Chuck in the truck may be the name of the company. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And when Chuck is not in the truck, there cannot be a company. <laughs> because the truck and the Chuck, they are connected together. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That's what one-man business you know, does to people. So Chuck has to be in the truck, and the truck has to move, before money can come to Chuck. Yeah. But what happens to Chuck having more than one truck and having many people that he can trust to drive the truck and go to people's homes and fix their plumbing problems? Then we move from one-man business 
or just a one-man show to run an organization. The moment you move into running an organization, you have already broken whatever glass ceiling that is at that level. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And it's the same equivalent when you think about your careers. You think about your careers, you can, you can come off the, 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 you know, the low-hanging fruit. There are too many low-hanging fruits in career. You have been there five years. The same qualification you came in with is what you still had, what you still have all right, right now. That ladder, the step has not increased. So you are the one that is the glass ceiling. You created it yourself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because the more you, if you can add something else, another step to the ladder, you are definitely taking off the glass ceiling off you. So increase your ladder to reach the real fruits. Because the real fruits are higher. You know, it's like when you want to, you know, when I was growing up, you want to pluck the fruit from a tree. Is that how you use a stick? You throw stones. Yeah, if you don't grow up in Africa, you, you can't understand this. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> or you climb the tree. But you know that you cannot climb a coconut tree like that because of the heights. And I also saw where they're harvesting uh, palm kernels and, you know, palm stuff. And there's a mechanized way to do it. But when I go to preach in places like Akwaibom State or somewhere in eastern Nigeria, which I visit regularly, I was still in Akwaibom State in July to preach or to present the paper at a conference, a leadership conference. And, you know, when the plane's about to land, you see all these plantations. And you ask yourself, if people have to climb the way they used to do it in, the, in those days, you know, to go up, how many can you harvest in a plantation of thousands of trees? But when big equipments come, they take you to the highest level in a few seconds. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So it's like what happens when you add to your ladder? Ladies and gentlemen, the height of your ladder is not the highest height in existence. Yeah. People have all kinds of ladders that take them to all kinds of you know, new levels from time to time. And you are the ones that needs to. See, if you run a small business, for instance, what I'm saying is you can find your voice. All you need is to, uh, is to stop thinking about the low-hanging fruit. Easy is not enough. So it's, it's a whole lot of headache to be the one thinking of how to pay salaries. It's easier to think of how to receive it. So invariably, if you are not at certain leadership levels, you are still at the low-hanging fruit of thinking of when your account will receive money. But what about the people who sit to think about when the money will be paid, I mean, how the money will come? Some people, it's their headache to sit together because of the level that they're taking responsibility. You may not even be at that level on your career path right now, but can you start to envision that? Because that's what position your voice to be heard. Because when you start to think like that, the kind of conversation you will have in meetings will be different. You will not just be looking for how the organization will spend more. You will always be thinking of how more will come into the organization. So I also want to challenge you that it's time for you to think differently and re-envision your life, understanding that what has worked before may not work at this time. And it's time for you to unleash 
your superpower. It's time for you to understand that God has something bigger than what you have experienced in mind for you. You know, most people think that what brought them to where they are will take them to where they're going. And life is not like that. God wants you and I to, to rethink our lives from time to time, to think about, you know, what is it in me? Like Mr. Oshika was saying, what is it in me? What is that one thing in me? What's the magnet that I carry that can be capacitated, that can attract more to me? You know, what, what happens most of the time is that uh, people play to the gallery when it comes to what makes them think. What's the big deal about you? Some people second guess themselves and they think, oh, no, there's nothing, there's no big, uh, no, no big deal about me and there's a big deal about you. You just haven't discovered it. That's the truth. Or maybe you're, 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 you're not recognizing it and you need to trust God to, to, you know, to give you the power of recognition. The power of recognition. That's what the Apostle Paul was writing about in Ephesians chapter 1 when you read from verse 16 down to 19. He said, uh, in Ephesians 1 and verse 16, he said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. What, what, what is that thing in me? Paul said, God, as we pray, and as we pray here again today also, and as you continue to pray, can continue to open your eyes of understanding and enlighten it that you may know what is the hope of his calling in your life. Can you say a better amen to that? Amen. Somebody here, I pray for you today, you will know the hope of his calling amen. in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So add steps to your ladder. Add steps to your ladder. Add steps to your ladder. Somebody may ask me, how do I add steps to my ladder? One of the ways you can add steps to your ladder is to think about engaging new skill set, new tool sets, and new mindsets. Can I say that one more time? Yeah. New skill sets, new tool sets, and new mindsets. Some of us are stuck with the same skill set, same two sets, and same mindset. So the ladder remains short. And your hand is not able to reach the things that God has proposed for you. And then you buy into the meat of a glass ceiling. Whilst God, what God wants is for you, you know, to, to add to the steps in your ladder. Because the higher your ladder, the higher your hand can touch. And you know the sky is very wide. Yeah. And the higher you can go. I pray for somebody here today, my God will take you higher. Amen. Or say better, amen. amen. I say my God will take you higher. Amen. My God will open your eyes to new skill sets. Amen. New tool sets. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I remember many years ago, I think this was maybe 2008 or so, I was visiting my older brother who lives in, in the Bay Area in, in California. And uh, as we were going on the road, uh, uh, his tire was going flat, and he just drove into a, a, a vulcanizing uh, store like that. Uh, funny enough, today, uh, he, has, he now has a chain of those, the franchise uh, for that vulcanizing store in, in the U.S., but that time, he was still in Haiti. So we drove in. This was 2008, 
And for me, coming from Lagos, you know, I always like to observe. So I was looking at how they're going to change the tire. Ma, they changed the tire in less than five minutes. So this was what happened. We got in there. You know, rather than the way we put, you know, the, uh, we put Jack. Because uh, <laughs> we're talking about two sets, ladies and gentlemen. They slip something under. The guy used his leg to slip something under and then from his hand, press something and the car was going up. And then he brought out something that looks like a gun. He removed it and the tire was out. That tire came out in less than two minutes. And then he threw the tire. Where I grew up, you know how they remove tire from the rim? <laughs> They put something inside it. Pa, pa, pa. <laughs> Some of you have seen it before, all right? <laughs> to be able to remove the tire. The guy just threw the tire into something. And boom, the rim was removed. And then they brought another tire. Boom. <laughs> and they, they, they inflated it and threw it back. And boom, 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 boom. And he pressed something and the car came down. You're ready to go. See, the two set that you have matter. That's what I'm saying. Your two sets matter. Your skill set matter. You'll be playing to the gallery of a, of, of, uh, of a glass ceiling when you don't pay attention to these things. But you know the most dangerous of it is your mindset. You can put a new set, a new skill set, or a new two set in the hand of somebody whose mind has not changed. It will make a difference. Yeah. It, it will make no difference at all. No difference at all. So it's important that you and I pay attention to the skill set, the tool set, and the mindset. The Bible says you should not be conformed to this world. Romans 12 and verse 2, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. If you want to find your voice, you must commit to a renewed mind. Consistent. I know you've heard this before, but I'm presenting it to you in a different light because of how it affects your life. You need to change your mind. You, know, you, you see, one of the things that, uh, my time is up, so I, I need to wrap this up now. But one of the things that I discovered recently that really rocked my world was that the courage to change who I am is what my faith is meant for. The courage to be more like Jesus, the courage to align with the will of God for my life and to evolve. That's what my faith is. You know, some people here use their faith to get a job, and that's not bad. And you can use your faith to get a spouse. That's not bad. You can use your faith to get healing. That's not bad. But when you go to Hebrews 11, now wrap up on that. When you go to Hebrews 11 and you read, you know, I think from about verse 3 or 4, after the Bible talks about without faith, it's possible to please God and all that and all that. Um, the next thing it was, he said, by faith, he started mentioning people. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So the faith, the first mention of one era of faith was not what he received, but what he offered to God. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And there's a mindset difference between Cain and Abel. There's a huge mindset difference. Go and read it in Genesis. Huge mindset difference. Cain brought something, anyhow. Abel brought something that delighted the heart of God. And God said, I accepted 
his offering and I rejected his offering, there was, you know, a complex, maybe not so complex equation between the two offerings. One was very pedestrian, lackluster, just drop something and go. The other one was intentional and all that. It's about way of life and mindset. And then you go to the next one. <laughs> the next verse was talking about Enoch. By faith, Enoch walked with God. Not by faith, Enoch bought a house in central London. No. By faith, Enoch walked with God. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Enoch walked with God. And he walked with God so much, God took him away. And he says, by faith. My faith should be used to trust God to change my thinking and how I see myself completely. Yeah. It's not just about the material things that it can deliver. That is good. That is the kindergarten of faith work. Yeah. Because you can, you can, you, you know, you can have a car and your mind is not renewed. And you are still living anyhow and you can destroy your marriage. Yeah. But your faith can put you on the path of straight and narrow, like Enoch, walking with God. So pleasing to God. And I can go on and on and on. You can read it on your own. The faith was about, it's always about what, how you align with the will of God for your life. Find your voice. Be constrained enough. The courage, like Joseph, to live in Potiphar's house as a commodity, but yet his mind is not commoditized. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, because Joseph, who I was reading, message translation recently, Bible says Joseph, Genesis 39, I think maybe verse 8 or something like that, if you can look for it for me, said was strikingly handsome. Strikingly handsome, and he's a slave, It takes courage. Yeah? It takes courage. It takes courage to be handsome and well packaged as a commodity. <laughs> yeah. To the point that Madame of the House will be suffering from infatuation <laughs> because of you. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. That's courage. And that's how we remove glass ceilings. Because it was that faith and that courage that Potiphar saw and said, you're going to be in charge of this house. And when he had his encounter with Pharaoh, by stroke of chance, it was the same thing. Pharaoh removed all the glass ceilings, said, there's no one like you in whom is the Spirit of God, upon whom we can commit this assignment. No glass ceiling in Egypt. Take over, 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 take over. Tap somebody for me and say, it's time for you to summon the courage to take over, to take charge. Lastly today, just in case there's someone here, whether here or here or there or online, who attempted, you know, for your voice to be heard and you suffered any kind of casualty. As I finish today, I need to help you to understand that there's no failure that is fatal. Yeah, there's no failure that's fatal. If you are willing to try again, God is always there to cheer you on. Someday I'll be able to tell this story a little better, but I'll give you a snippet and you can read the rest online. There's a man called 
John Stephen Aquari. This guy represented Tanzania. That's him. Story, the video is still on YouTube. You can go and watch it. I've showed it in our church many times. This guy represented Tanzania 1968 Olympics, Summer Olympics in Mexico City. I mean, it was a, it was a marathoner. The man is about maybe 87 or 88 right now. But you can imagine in 1968, a young man, marathoner, and was representing his country 5,000 miles away from Tanzania to Mexico. But while they were running through the hills and all that, the altitude, you know, he lost his balance and he fell. And he got injured. His shoulder was almost fractured. If you see him like that, you see bandage on his leg. Yeah. This guy, they bandaged him, they did everything, but he kept running. The guy, I forgot the name of the guy who won the gold medal that year. That guy finished the marathon that year, two hours, 20 minutes, and a few seconds. They had awarded gold, silver, and bronze. The stadium was emptying house. Just a handful of people, like 2,000 people were remaining in the stadium. At three hours, 25 minutes, and 52 seconds, or thereabout, John Stephen Aquari ran into the stadium. Look at the number of people remaining in the stadium. Ran into the stadium. They had concluded the event. But when they saw him running, everybody stood up and started clapping. So the cameramen that were packing up, just like they're going to pack up here very soon, <laughs> they quickly plugged their stuff back and ran after him and were following him. And people gave him a standing ovation. They caught up with him and they asked him, why didn't you stop running? You know that they would have concluded. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know they would have concluded. Everything would have finished. He said, they did not send me from Tanzania 5,000 miles away to just come and participate. They sent me to finish. And I will finish. Are you going to finish your race? Yeah. Are you going to allow your voice to be heard around the world? You are a global citizen. I don't care what passport you carry right now. You carry the passport of heaven. And the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And everything that dwells within it. And if you understand this and you are willing to live in the fullness of it, then the grace that we enjoy with God as the Elevation Church to make greatness common, that grace can find expression over your life. Because that's the grace that propels us and makes us know that our voice can be heard globally. So like Stephen, John Stephen Aquari, it's time for you to keep running. I, I don't care if you're hoeing right now, keep running. You're going to pay up, you're going to move into abundance. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Whatever casualty you suffered, it won't stop you. Yeah. If you believe that, lift your two hands to Jesus and say, I receive courage, I receive courage. to find my voice, find my voice. This, season. this season. Say, I declare today, that nothing will stop me from finding my voice, fulfilling my purpose, and living for God. Say, I'm a global citizen. Say, I carry the hand of God upon my life. Say, when I show up, God shows up. So I'm not alone. Say it again. Say, I'm not alone. Say, there's no glass ceiling for me on my path. To fulfill my destiny. Say God is with me. Nothing will be against me. Say in this nation. 
my voice will be heard. Say globally, my voice will be heard. In the name of Jesus. If you believe that, shall they believe in Amen? Come on, somebody, if you are blessed today, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know, but I just feel like saying one or two prayers. Uh, maybe we may not be able to take a Q&A again. Whatever else we need to do, we'll do it uh, just before we go. But I don't want you to, uh, if you can, don't run off. Because I just don't know what God may want to do in your life. Uh, uh, maybe I'll call, uh, uh, this time I won't call her, Mr. Oshika, I'll call her Pastor Ebukun. I'll call her up to also speak a blessing. Yeah, just, just to speak a blessing over you. You see, the Bible says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. What we're talking about is a product of blessings. Blessings and blessings. You see, this is not a motivational conference. It's, it's the power of God that releases our voices. Yeah. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a teacher of God's word. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken in such a way to give you a broad understanding, but please don't make the mistake. Yeah, it's about the word, the word, the word. And where the word of the king is, there is power. So if there's anyone that influence on my voice who has stagnated one way or the other, or you suffered any kind of casualty, the God who's kept her this many years, who's kept me this many years, can open new doors for you. Amen. Can open new channels for you. Amen. If somebody has walked out of your life, it's so that God can walk in. <laughs> No one can cause your destiny to stagnate. Nobody is that powerful enough. So I don't, I, I don't care whether you suffer the separation or divorce. Your life has not ended. Yeah. Your voice will still be heard. You look at the woman in the Bible, Ruth. I mean, what can be worse than that? Elimelech died. Chilion and Malon, whatever their name, also died. Ruth all of a sudden became a widow. Yeah. <laughs> but yet... God turned everything around. And she found her voice migrating again to Bethlehem. She became the wife of the richest man. Not just that, but the influence that comes with it to transform lives. Glory to Jesus. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, just to back up something my brother said. You know, for those who know, I was on the board of First Bank for 10 years and four months. I chaired it for ten, five years and four months as the first and only female today. But at the end of it, it was a battle. But it was a battle of righteousness. Most, you might not know the full story yet, but it's unfolding itself now. Now, it's easy if you do not know who you represent, to misconstrue your challenging moments and bow to the mammon because you will always have the option and then give up on God. I'm talking about the ladders. I'm talking about some of the things he's told you that you might be in some challenging moments now, but they're nothing. They're your sandpaper moments. They're your trials are your stepping stones 
for God to do new things. Because also, God will not commit to people that he has not proven. So your tests are part of the plan. It's your persistence and your ability to trust God and continue to move with him that removes every ceiling. Because what is interesting is that coming out of that situation that supposedly would finish some other people, there were two critical global checks that happened on me after that. But by the time it was done, and my youngest son said something to me. He was 19. And he said, Mom, you know, I know you're angry and you're upset at this. Because I said to myself, I lived my life in a way that I never have to find myself in this kind of situation. He said, you know, the people who are doing this uh, process think they know you. But when they're done, they would really know you. And when they really know you, it will work for you. He was so right. He was a child who spoke. But God speaking through a child. Because what came thereafter is multiple things on the global level. Multiple assignments, multiple boards at global level that transcended what seemed to be the trial. And now, I can sit from wherever I am and I'm watching the guys who thought they had a plot get buried in their own plots. So all I'm saying to you is, Lift up your heart, lift up your eyes, and lift your hands to the Lord. And no matter what you see, I declare that you will never set the Lord aside. Yeah. That you will have the courage to bear the burden like Joseph did for a season. Because without the prison, there was no way for Joseph to get to the throne. But for a season, go and check, how many years was he in prison? It was about 10 years or so. Some people would have given up. Some will commit suicide. Some will. But he knew the God that called him. So I pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you. In a way that you will never walk away from him. That no matter what you see, you will not betray God. That no matter what you see, you will stay the cause. That no matter what you see, you will trust the Lord. Amen. That no matter what you see, you will stay with it. Amen. And you will stay with it in righteousness. Amen. And that the Lord will help you to find your voice and to find it globally. And to find your place and grant you the grace to occupy it in his name. Amen. As long as it is in his name, nothing can stop you. I promise you. God bless you. Thank you very much. Lift your two hands to Jesus today. Father, we thank you for a release of global grace for people in this place to find their voice, for everyone online, wherever there has been stagnation. I decree and declare right now that the hold of stagnation is broken. We stand against the spirit of confusion. Amen. We decree that the hold of confusion is broken over your heart. Amen. From this place, you will know the next thing to do. Amen. You will not be stranded. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
anyone who has been kept in holding pattern, it just looks like there's a lot of movement without even accomplishment. I declare right now, an end has come to that holding pattern. Every movement will move you towards divine accomplishment. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everyone who is just touching things and moving, touching things, no establishment. Because you are here today, I pray over your life according to the word of God. So let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be up and establish the work of our hand. So I pray the blessing of divine establishment upon the work of your hand. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord turn you to a brand. He told Abraham, he said, I will make your name great. Which means I will give you a brand that will be global. In the name of Jesus, I declare you a global brand. After the order of Abraham. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I pray for you today that nothing will die in your hand any longer. Careers will not die in your hand. Businesses will not die in your hand. Relationships will not die in your hand. In the name of Jesus. Whatever God has placed in your hand will prosper in your hand. My God will grant you clarity. In the name of Jesus. Limiting belief, limiting thoughts of glass ceilings are removed in the name of Jesus. My God orders your steps into the place of your flourishing. In the name of Jesus, be healed in the name of Jesus. You are set free in the name of Jesus. Nothing limits your destiny any longer. In the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, let the grace to make greatness come on. Come upon everyone at the influence of my voice. Thank you, Jesus.